0: A person of integrity is a person of action. If we're going to be godly men, godly women, if we're going to be Christians who consistently live in a way that truly honors God, then we must understand it's not going to happen simply because we want it to. A person of integrity isn't just talking a good faith, they are consistently living it. Your actions reveal your faith. To know what you really believe, look no further than your daily choices and behavior. Welcome to the Point of Purity podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode number 120 entitled, Action is the Key. A plan of action is just a plan until you put it into action. <laughs> let, me, let me repeat that. A plan of action is just a plan until you actually put it into action. I know, I know, profound, right? The best laid plans are totally worthless until you actually do something about it. No action, and it's just a plan. Now, it may be a good plan, maybe even a great plan, but until you actually do something about it, it's just a plan. It's, it's accomplishing nothing. If you wait till tomorrow to act, right now, it's just a plan. If you wait till you have an accountability partner who can come alongside and help you, right now, it's just a plan. If you wait until you purchase that really awesome Bible study software or, or the latest book on the topic that you're studying, it's a plan, but it's nothing more than a plan. In fact, I'll go so far as to say that no matter what your reasoning may be, if you wait to do something about your pursuit of godliness, your pursuit of integrity, your pursuit of purity, it's a plan, but it's a plan that has failed. Now, why would I say that? Simply because you're not acting upon it. So let me say it again. A plan of action is just a plan until you put it into action. If we are going to be godly men and godly women, if we're going to be people of godly integrity who live consistently in a way that truly honors God with every thought we think and every word we speak and everything that we do, then we must understand it's not going to happen simply because you want to. It's not a, well, just add the Holy Spirit and poof, you're godly. No, it doesn't work that way. Godly does does not come poof, nor nor does it come easy. It's not a uh, follow these 10 simple steps and you'll be a super saint of God. Uh Uh-uh. Godliness is a process. It's a process that combines both faith and action. We must intentionally train ourselves to be godly. You see, your actions speak. Your works are words let me repeat that. Your works are words. So the question you must ask yourself and then answer is, what are my words saying through my works? A person of integrity. Make sure that their words and their works, their, their words and their actions are saying the same thing. James chapter 2, verse 18. James writes, someone will say, well, you have faith. I have works. Okay, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You see, a person of integrity isn't just talking a good faith. They're living it and they're living it consistently. David understood that which is why he prayed in Psalm 25, verse 21, May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I'm waiting for you. Our actions reveal our faith. To know what you truly believe, <laughs> look no further than your daily choices, your daily behavior. Consider, consider your actions over the past week. What are they saying about your faith? The words of, Of your works, speak clearly about the worship of your heart. Let me repeat that. This is powerful. The words of your works speak clearly about the worship of your heart. So the question I want you to ask yourself right now is this: (coughs) Excuse me. What are my actions saying about my heart? What do you do when you're all alone? How do you respond when you're under stress or when you're frustrated or disappointed or feeling anxious? You see, those things, that's the true litmus test. In Psalm 25, verse 21, David prays, may integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Now, let's focus on that word uprightness. May integrity and uprightness preserve me. You see, the concept of uprightness has very nearly dropped completely out of our understanding. It's, it's not part of our practice anymore. I mean, as you seriously think about that, it really should come as no big surprise when you consider that the godly have perished from the earth. There is no one upright among mankind, Micah chapter 7, verse 2. Here's the point. Without Christ, not one of us are upright. Not one of us are men or women of integrity. Not even you and definitely not me. 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 17 says, "I know, my God, that you test the heart, and you, God, you have pleasure in uprightness. God made man and woman upright, but they have sought out many evil schemes." Ecclesiastes 7:29 because of our crooked schemes we've become a sick and perverted mess far 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 from what god originally intended for us now <laughs> praise the lord he has not given up on us and he not and he never will psalm 25 verse 8 says good and upright is the lord therefore he instructs sinners in the way That should give you encouragement. That should give you hope. David is pointing out here that God instructs sinners in the way. Hey, that's you. That's me. We're sinners. And he has chosen to show us what we're doing wrong and how to do it right so that we can be in a correct, upright uh, relationship of integrity and purity with him. When you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, when you dive into God's word and let the Holy Spirit guide you in his truth, John sixteen thirteen, you choose to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, James one twenty two through 25. When you make those choices, you will then and only then be able to walk before God with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that he has commanded, keeping his statutes and his rules, 1 Kings 9, verse 4. Being a person who is blameless and upright means that you're one who fears God and who chooses daily, who chooses moment by moment to turn away from evil, Job chapter 1. Does that describe you? Proverbs 14.2 says, he who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises God. Now, now, just so we're clear, the biblical concept of fearing God isn't about cowering in a corner somewhere because you're utterly terrified that you're going to do something wrong and you're going to invoke his wrath and punishment and he's going to throw a bolt of lightning at you. That's not the fear of God. Instead, the fear of the Lord, it's having an intimate understanding of who he is, which in turn develops within you a deep, deep respect it's a reverence and an awe, and therefore a willful obedience to and for God. In fact, I'm doing a deep dive study just personally on this because I I think this is going to be the topic of my next book, the fear of God. And I'm 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 and right now I'm entitling the fear of God as this using the word fear as an acrostic. I'm I'm talking about faithful exaltation. Awe and reverence, F-E-A-R, faithful, exaltation, awe, and reverence. That's what it means to fear God. That's what it means to, to walk in in the fear of the Lord and to live in the fear of the Lord, is to have that intimate understanding of who He is, which as you grow in that knowledge of who God is, as you dive into His Word on a daily basis, that's when that deep respect and that reverence and that awe and that faithfulness and the exaltation and the willingness to obey Him, that's where it comes from. So, the one who is upright is the one who not only has a great respect for their Creator and Savior, but who chooses consistently to live unreservedly for God in every aspect of your life, including your purity. The upright person, Proverbs 10, verse 9, walks in integrity. They walk securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. The one who is upright is blameless and innocent, without blemish in the midst of our crooked and twisted generation, Proverbs 2, verse 15. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil, Proverbs 16, verse 17. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Proverbs 11 verse 3. Here's my point. The upright person is compelled to always speak the truth. The person of integrity always speaks the truth, even to himself. He who walks blamelessly and does what is right speaks truth in his heart. Psalm 15 verse 2. The person of integrity is not a hypocrite that says one thing, but does something entirely different, who does one thing and says something entirely different. Instead, with your whole being, with with both your words and your actions, you're living a life that praises God because praise befits the upright, Psalm 33, verse 1. Surely the righteous will give thanks to God's name, the upright will dwell in his presence, Psalm hundred and forty nine, verse thirteen. The Lord is righteous, he loves righteous deeds, and the upright will behold his face, Psalms eleven, verse seven. God stores sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, Proverbs two, verse seven. The Lord God is a son. And a shield, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 84, verse 11. So may integrity and uprightness preserve you as you wait for God. Psalm 25, verse 21. Listen, my friend, to be that person of integrity, that upright man or woman who defeats lust and porn and masturbation and other sexual temptations on a consistent daily basis, the one who lives victoriously for God, according to the scriptures, you have to wait for the Lord, Psalm 25, 21. You have to wait for the Lord. Now, when when we talked about Psalm 25, verse 3 a few episodes ago, we talked about waiting on God. We discovered then it does not mean you're putting off, you're not deferring, you're not waiting as we commonly think about it, like sitting at a traffic light waiting for it to, green, to turn green, or sitting in a doctor's office waiting to be called back. Rather, we are waiting as a waiter does in a restaurant. We're focusing all of our attention upon God so that we can serve Him. We're putting our, our hope in Him. We're resting fully and completely on Him. Our focus is is on God. That's what it means to wait on Him. When I choose to put God first in my life, when I choose, Matthew 6, to seek the kingdom of God above all else and to live righteously, that is when I will walk in integrity. That is when I will be a man of uprightness. But the challenge that we face on a daily basis is living this out in very practical terms. Some of you may recognize the name of preacher and author R.C. Sproul, who's gone to be with the Lord. But in his book entitled Pleasing God, R.C. describes it this way. Let me quote it to you. The world is a seducer. It seeks to attract our attention and devotion. It remains so close at hand, so visible, so enticing, it eclipses our view of heaven. What is seen vies for our attention. It entices our eyes, lest we look up for a better country whose builder and maker is God. It pleases us, much of the time anyway, and alas, we often live our lives to please it. That's where the conflict ensues, for pleasing the world so seldom overlaps with pleasing God. The divine call we receive is this, do not be conformed to this world, Romans 12.2 but the world wants us to be partners with it. We are urged to participate in the fullness of it. It presses upon us with the ultimate peer pressure. R.C. Sproul in this book, Pleasing God, written in 1988. It's been said that the church has become so proficient at compromising with the world that it has forgotten how to be uncompromising in the world how to be people of conviction, people of integrity, people of God. And I want to submit that a major reason for this is due in a large part because we've embraced the world's values as our own. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You see, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works, Titus two fourteen. This, my friend, this is integrity. This is God's call upon your heart to be lived out every moment of every day of your life. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord, and take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them, Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 11. In other words, make the choice right here, right now, be a man. Be a woman of integrity. Be a man. Be a woman of purity. Okay, once again, we're going to hit the pause button here. We've got a lot more coming down the pike, and and I want to look forward to continuing this study on the importance of being a man and a woman of integrity. There's more to come We're going to stop here, and if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about this ministry that we call the Pure Man Ministry, and how we can help you, how we can help your brother or sister in Christ, how we can help a family member or a friend live in freedom from their bondage to sexual sin, then I encourage you to visit our website, thepuritycoach.com, thepuritycoach.com. At that website, we have a multitude of resources that we've made available for you, videos, commentaries um um music videos scripture there there there's audio pieces i mean this this website is just filled with all kinds of things that will help you as you pursue after purity now Before I close out this episode, I want to once again remind you of some very exciting news. I've shared it with you in the last two episodes. I want to share it with you again. So don't shut this off yet. Listen to me because I'm excited to announce. I'm more than excited. I am pumped to announce to you the release of my latest book entitled The Point of Purity. It's a workbook that's available now on Amazon. And this this Point of Purity workbook is the accumulation and the culmination of 11 years of coaching and mentoring and counseling men in the area of sexual addiction and purity. And I've refined it to these 12 weeks of intense Bible study, taking you deep into the Word of God. This is the material that I I use when I coach men and I counsel men on, on a 12-week basis. It's called The Point of of Purity Workbook. It's available on Amazon. It's a 12-week accountability study in God's Word that's focused on equipping and training men and women on how to overcome an addiction to lust and porn and other sexual sins. Throughout this workbook, you and your accountability partner, you and your spouse, you and your child, or, or even in a small group, a Bible study group, You take 12 weeks walking through Scripture together, sharing from God's Word how to be free and and live in that freedom and live in that victory. And each week, you're equipped from Scripture with powerful tools that will help you not only be free, but continue to live free. This Point of Purity workbook helps you to, to learn how to effectively change your thought process when faced with a temptation, and not just sexual temptation, any temptation, you discover from Scripture how to submit yourself to God, standing firmly in your faith against the temptation and successfully resisting it every single time. I love this. This Point of Purity workbook is a 12-week journey through Scripture to help you discover the point of purity. What's the point? Why, Why should I be pure? What's wrong with just a little bit of lust, a little bit of pleasure uh, from time to time? You'll also learn in this study, not just what the point of purity is, but how to get to that point and how to stay there, daily living in freedom and victory over temptation. The Point of Purity Workbook is a deep dive into scripture, and it's going to help you answer the all-important question, why should I be pure? How do I get pure? How do I stay pure? So be sure to visit Amazon.com today and get your copy of The Point of Purity Workbook. Well, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is author, national speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner, reminding you if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, he must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.